Welcome to Shit Your Teenagers Won't Tell You, a podcast about everything you need to know about teens. I'm Kathy. And I'm Meredith. And we speak teenager. Uh, did we also mention that we're best friends? We've worked as admission officers, prep school administrators, and most importantly, have coached thousands of teens. In other words, we have seen it all. So join us every week as we give you the lowdown on all the shit your teenager isn't telling you. Because trust us, there's a lot of it. And if you don't know what to do with the teenagers in your life, don't worry. We've got your back. Everybody and welcome to another episode of Shit Your Teenagers Won't Tell You. It's just me today, but I do have a special guest. I'm very excited to have Margo on. Margo is a distant, I mean, you wouldn't know by looking at us, but we are distantly <laughs> related. <laughs> Margo is not Chinese, by the way, but we are distantly related through marriage and she's an awesome lady, and I've had the pleasure of working with her kids a little bit and getting to know them really well as a family over the past, I don't know, has it been like four years? Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And she's had two kids go through the college process. Well, actually, she has one senior right now who is currently going through the college process and waiting for the very last few decisions to come through this week. So we're going to talk to her about what that feels like. And she also has successfully launched a daughter who is currently in college. And I also wanted to ask Margo, like when Meredith and I were brainstorming, who should we invite on the show? Let's invite some parents. We're like, who's a badass parent? I'm like, Margo. <laughs> like who really gets it, right? Who isn't like totally, completely losing their mind about the college admissions process? Really loves and cares and understands what her kids are going through and from our perspective is doing all the right things so we're biased i know i'm definitely biased but i always say you're one of my favorite parents for sure so that's why i'm very excited to have margo on today and thanks kathy you're welcome margo we're (laughs) going to talk to her about her experiences with the college process and also just parenting two very different children But since the college process is literally right around the corner, I mean, the final days are upon us. Yeah. Let's start there. So what does it feel like, Margo? What's it like at home right now? (laughs) Well, I'm sure it's different for me than it is for some people because my son who's waiting to hear is my last one, last of two. So he's a senior and I hardly ever see him, but he navigates stress relatively well. So you know, the last decisions come out probably by sometime this weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And I know that he is thinking about that heavily. He has some options right now, and he's really hoping that he has some more in the next few days. So I would say that of the entire college process, things are probably heightened more now, but we're all really looking forward to having this weekend in the rear view mirror and just knowing what's on the table and what the choices are. Yep. Does this time feel different than when your daughter was going through the process? Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah. Definitely. I mean, she... <laughs> Have you blocked it out? <laughs> you remember. <laughs> she was much more invested in where she was going. Mm-hmm. It was a very, very, very stressful time. She, yeah, she was really, really stressed out. 
thought that where she went to college was everything. Defining. Um, was Yeah, it defined her, it defined her high school experience, it defined her life in, in some ways. And I think a lot of, a lot of kids feel that way. Mm-hmm. You know, and she did not get her first choice or her second choice. She was waitlisted at, I think, eight schools, mm-hmm. eight. Mm-hmm. She ended up going to one of her likelies, which, as it turns out, probably would have been a reach that year, but she got in and she loves it. It's her place. She wasn't thrilled about it at first and she has totally made it her own. So, and, and my son has seen that and knows that wherever he goes, he's going to be fine and he's going to have a great college experience. So yeah, it's a little bit different this year. Yeah. And I just want to say, and your son is, he's a high achieving kid. So he's hoping yes. for for some of his riches to come through, right? That's natural yes. for most teenagers to really hope that. Yeah. One of- I mean, both my kids are high achieving. My son, yeah. Yeah. He shot higher than she did, I think maybe. And, you know, he had, maybe he had higher test scores, I guess, but, but yeah. So there's lots of expectation. I, I would say there's lots of hope. Maybe not lots of expectation, but there's mm-hmm. lots of hope still swirling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And what would you say to parents? So, I think a, it's such a common experience because right now we're getting phone calls from disappointed kids, right? Mm-hmm, Sometimes mm-hmm. It, it does work out that kids get into their early decision, first choice school. That is not the experience. It's for uncommon. The majority. It is uncommon, and. I want parents to know that so that they can prepare themselves <laughs> for the reality of the process, right? And so mm-hmm. what advice do you have for parents who have a kid who feel that the college process really, really defines them? Or even if you're a parent that really thinks that the college process is going to define your kid's future or success? I mean, it helps having a kid who was not satisfied with the college process, but is really satisfied now who's in college. Mm-hmm. I would also say look at your own life. Like how much has your own college really defined you and your successes? Mm -hmm. You know, maybe it's opened a door or two if you went to a really high achieving college. I mean, I know I have so many friends who are really happy in their lives and I have no idea where they went to college. We put such a high focus on it under such a magnifying glass right now because of where the kids are in their respective communities and, and what's going on, but it just... It really just does not define you. Those These kids define themselves through what they engage in in college, mm-hmm. it seems to me, and how they engage. Do you think you were successful in convincing your daughter? I'm sure you shared that messaging with her, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Do you think that helped in any way? I mean, I'd like to think it helped a little bit. I think that they're so lost in their co-peers' anxiety I think it depends on the environment that they're in. You know, if they're in a really high achieving high school where kids are expected to go to high achieving colleges. And by Mm -hmm. that, I mean, high rejection rate colleges. Yeah. Highly rejectives. Yeah. (laughs) Highly rejectives. And if you think about that, like highly rejectives means the majority of these kids are not getting in. And that includes highly successful kids in independent schools and in public schools, you know, kids who are taking all the APs and getting great grades and have plenty of friends whose kids did all of those things, you know, and on paper look like outstanding students and did not get in anywhere. 
Yeah. And so that's a little bit normalizing. It's also demoralizing because every kid is trying to differentiate themselves from the kid who didn't get in. Oh, what, what was the matter? What, what happened yeah. with them? Did they forget to turn something yeah. in? Were their essays bad? Were their yeah. blah, blah, blah. And it's like, nope, it's just Russian roulette. <laughs> well, it's so hard, right? It's like, it's, I think especially as parents, your sample size is pretty small. And I yes. think it's hard to understand the volume of applications that colleges receive. And there's no convincing teenagers of that. I know that personally. I've talked to teenagers about it. Every single time we go into the college process, I'm like, listen, you're one school in one city, in one state, in one country. Right? Like you're getting thousands of applications, right? And it's just, it's hard to wrap your brain around. And I think that as a parent, what I've seen you do so well, I think you're such a empathetic and also fun mom. And I think that makes a difference. Like you can add some, like you don't jump into the boat with them when you're feeling anxious and worried. You have the wherewithal to kind of understand your role in their lives in that moment. And I would love it if you would talk a little bit more about you managing your own, own worrying anxiety. I and mean, this is what I'm looking at from the outside, but it's possible mm. that you have a very different experience. I see you as a very even keeled, level-headed mom. I am faking it so well, apparently. Are you? Yeah, but tell me, <laughs> no, I want to no, know. No. I think that it's really important to model that life doesn't always go your way. And even for kids who work their butts off and do really well in school and do all the things and check all the boxes, they really need to be doing it. I mean, and I know you preach this, Kathy, which is one of the things that I love about you, but it's a big reason why these kids need to be doing the things that they want and love to do because doing the things that check all the boxes so that they might be getting into college is not going to guarantee that they get into college and it may be taking them away from something that they should really be pursuing because it's their passion. Yep. So when you have a kid who is really wrapped around the axle around college, I think it's really important not to go there with them and to, you know, you have to go there a little bit just to maintain that connection and to help them get off the ledge, so -hmm. to speak. I mean, there have been times when I've been in that boat with my kids and Mm -hmm. it's just not fun. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's, it's not a good boat. No. (laughs) Bailing water all the time and (laughs) the steering's out and, you know, you never know when the accelerator is going to work. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of trial and error, right? But the more that I can tell my kids that you're like, yep, that really, that really stunk. And you're still gonna, you know, the sun's going to rise tomorrow morning and you're going to get up and you're going to put your clothes on and you're going to go back to whatever it is that you want to be doing tomorrow. The more that I can do that, the more they might rail against me, but Mm -hmm. they'll figure it out. Yeah. These kids, a lot of them have had, had a lot going for them. You know, nobody's not nobody, but the no telling, you know, the people who tell them no and the hardships that they come up against. I mean, if they're real hardships, they're real hardships and kids learn resilience and gosh, during the pandemic and they, these Mm -hmm. kids got a big dose of resilience, but in terms of having big dreams and then having someone tell them that, no, that dream isn't going to happen in this place. That's hard Mm -hmm. when they don't have that kind of contextual experience. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. the rest of us grownups usually do. Mm-hmm. So, but I think that's so important. I think that what you say does sink into your kids, even if at the mm-hmm. moment they're like, shut up. 
Yeah, you're I hate you. Helpful. You're not you're not being helpful. I got that a lot. <laughs> I, I get that a right? lot. Right. Yeah. You're so not helpful. Why are you just sitting there staring at me and telling me that everything is going to be okay? Can't you tell that I'm hurting? And I'm, and it's like, yeah. And yes, I can tell you're hurting. And yes, I feel for you. And yes, I know this is hard. And life goes on. Life goes you're on. Gonna, you're surviving. You're good. Yeah. You're going to be okay. And yeah. if every time something bad comes up and you, you fall apart, that's just not the way to, to manage your life. You know, that's you right. have to learn to pick yourself up and move on. And recreate yourself in a, you know, in a way that makes sense for you. That's that's right. Well, and you're such a resilient person too, right? It's, it's great that you have, you have this, your own North star for yourself. That's how you, I mean, you genuinely believe that and you genuinely live your life that way. And I think that makes these really challenging moments that you watch your kids go through a little bit easier, even though in the moment. I know for me, even when I'm working with a teenager who's not my child and they're really struggling mm-hmm. and they're in pain, it's really hard for me to resist the temptation of trying to fix what's wrong. The right? fixing, it is really, and I'm a problem solver, right? So I can fix a lot of things. I can't fix college. That's for sure. Right? I can fix a lot of things and the temptation is really strong to go there. And honestly, I wish that I had stopped. I mean, I stopped fixing my kids' problems a while ago, but I wish that I had stopped a lot longer ago, like when they were really, really little. Really? Yeah, because the older they get, the more they kind of look to you and say, okay, well, how how should I do this? And instead of the answer should always be, well, how do you think? How do you think you should you mm-hmm. should do this? Mm-hmm. I know it's hard, especially for those problem solvers out there who are like, it's like the matrix. You can just see like, it's like a beautiful mind. Yes, <laughs> You're like, exactly. I see all the pieces and this is yeah. exactly how yeah. the next five steps you should take. Right. But exactly in those moments, you're actually handicapping your kids. hundred percent. Right? And I have made that mistake many, many times, many times. Is there any other wisdom that you would share with parents, either about the college process or just raising two very different teenagers, right? And I think parents are always surprised. I talk to parents of younger kids and they're like, oh my God, my kids, they're just so, I'm like, oh yeah, that's just, that's just how it be. (laughs) Most of the time, if you have more than one kid, they're going to be really, really different from from one another Mm -hmm. and you have to parent them differently. You do. Yeah. And then that can kind of build resentment between both kids. Oh, that's so interesting. And that makes it really hard. I have one kid who, both my kids are really focused students. They both are really into music. They, you Mm -hmm. know, they're both really hard workers. One is just much higher on the anxiety scale, which I think Mm -hmm. is really common with girls, especially. Mm -hmm. And my son is less so. And so I think, you know, my daughter feels like things come easier to him for Mm. him because Mm -hmm. he doesn't stress as much. And he thinks that we accommodate her too much because of her anxiety. So both of you are right. That's right. A little bit. Yeah. 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 And you can't, the, the, the tools don't work for the same, you know, the same tools don't work. They came from the same people. (laughs) Same environment, same whatever. And they just have completely different coding. And so the way we language with them, the way Mm -hmm. that we navigate difficulty with them has always been a little bit different. And then, then you have to deal with the kids going, well, why did you do that with her? And you didn't do that with me, you know, or vice versa. Mm -hmm. And that's hard, but that's called parenting. (laughs) 
<laughs> I know. I know kids love to say it's not fair. I'm like, it's well, yeah, so you're not right. fair. It's not fair. That's it's right. It's not fair. But you it's know what? Not it's fair. not about like parenting isn't about being fair. I mean, you can try to be even to a certain extent, but you actually, maybe it's the other way around. Like you can't be even, but you can try to be as fair as you can for each person, right? right. It might not look fair, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're doing what you're doing what each kid needs. That's right. what I, I mean, I, I try to, I yep. try to, and you yep. just can't yep. hope that eventually when they have their prefrontal cortexes developed, that they'll <laughs> figure that out at some point, at some point. And until then I just put money in the therapy jar, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, yeah. I think it's good. I think that, you know, I've watched you remove yourself from the problem solving process and hand over that responsibility and also that confidence in your kids that they can do it. Yeah. And I think that's huge. I mean, that is actually, I, I'm glad you brought that up. That is, that I think is, is the biggest thing is just showing that you have confidence in your kids that they can do it. That is, especially as they get older, because when you rush in and go, oh, well, let me help you. It's basically telling them you don't think that, that they can get it done on their own or they can, but maybe they need your help. And the more that I can remind myself, and it is an active practice for me to remind myself that I am not about making stuff happen for them. They are adults basically and need mm -hmm. to make it happen for themselves. Yeah. I'm here to help. Meredith and I talk a lot about snow plowing, right? Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's like you're really and that independent, not just parents do it, but that schools do it, educators, yeah. coaches, whoever, you know, adults mm -hmm. and teens' lives. You know, mm -hmm. we snowplow. We're like, let's just pave. Push all the difficulty just, out of yeah, the way. Let's make it a nice, smooth path for mm -hmm. you to just mm -hmm. ski down. Just downhill from here, friends. But it really yeah. limits kids' abilities to problem solve, to build up their sense of yeah. uh, self and their self-confidence. Yeah. I think that there's also something around, not just around school and things that the kids are dealing with, that we started to do which is also just like bringing the kids into the conversations around stuff that we're navigating, you know, family choices, family, it can be anything, you know, what do you guys think we should do? Yeah. Having them design some kind of something for us, help us solve some problem. Absolutely. If I learned anything in graduate school, so when I went to grad school, I went to, I studied prevention science, which is in the School of Education at Harvard. Mm -hmm. And you'd think I wouldn't need to go to an Ivy League school to learn this <laughs> and be an educator. But one of <laughs> the core principles that we walked away from, I think for probably every person who went through Hugsy, but it was that kids need to be part of the conversation. Yeah, We shouldn't be fixing things without them. They should be part of the problem solving process. You shouldn't have meetings about kids without the kids there. Like mm -hmm. I really walked away from that like as a different mindset because in schools mm -hmm. you're kind of like, you're a kid, you don't know what you're doing. Let the adults solve the problem. We're gonna tell you what you're gonna do. Yeah. Right. I love that. That I think that as educators, as parents, you know, parents are educators, you know, one of the things you can do is involve kids in that conversation, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of being authoritarian or directive, like you can invite them to solve the problem that you're having as a family, that you're having, yep. right? That they're having like, okay, well, let's talk about it. 
What are your ideas? Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. And so many times we don't do that. We just yeah. go to, well, I think, you know, what would make sense is if you did ABC, right? But I love that you do that. And I, I hope that parents are listening, like, especially around the college process, right? Like walk through all the different scenarios together. What would you want to do in that case, right? Yep. How would yep. you feel? I mean, it can be as simple. It doesn't have to be earth shattering, but it can be as simple as like planning a trip. You've got yeah five days for spring break. Do you want to go camping? Do you, where should we go? What should we do? And I mean, giving them maybe a focus, not like, okay, here's, here's the globe where we, you know, <laughs> but I've done that with my kids for a long time. Like each of you guys pick it. We're going here, pick a day, go research it, figure out where we're going to go. What would you like to do? Yeah. And it's been really been really great, you know, and we're so like, oh, this is adult stuff. Kids shouldn't be involved in this. It can't mm-hmm. be. But the more that you can bring them in. And I, again, it's an active practice of reminding myself that like, oh, right. I need to ask my kids because they're so damn smart, you know, and they're so resourceful. Yep. And we think that we have access to everything with the internet, but they have everything coming at them with social media. I mean, yeah, they're yeah, so yeah. plugged in. Yeah. So yeah, they have good ideas. You're like, they oh, have wow. great ideas. Yeah, They're exactly. So You're like, that's a great idea, actually. Yeah, I didn't think exactly. That, right? So creative. Yeah. So I mean, there are limits, but <laughs> <laughs> you're like, no, we can't. I know your daughter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you're like, no, we can't have a shopping spree at X fancy. Yes. <laughs> like right. that's exactly. my day. That's yeah. what I would probably do too when I was a kid. <laughs> like, here's my day, mom. I would like to go to the most yeah. expensive restaurant and then go to right. the boutiques and right. I want you to buy me all the things. Is that parameters. So? <laughs> Gotta establish some parameters. Some boundaries. Boundaries. Yes. yes, yes. Okay. So back to the college process. Is there any wisdom that you'd want to give yourself? Like looking back. Is there anything that you'd want to do differently or think something that you wish you knew then that you know now? Honestly, looking back now, it's not necessarily from having gone through the college process so much as it is lived experience. I would say as many, I would, I would take so many more opportunities to change things up. And I'm going to be a little vague because I can't think of specifically how to do this, but I feel like we are all locked into a certain linearity around kids go to high school and then they go to college and then they get a job and then, and it's all really, and I'm just going to go off on a tear here. So you're going to have to forgive my rant, but it's all really patriarchal. Uh It all serves a certain capitalistic paradigm that I think is really not serving us as a small community, large community as the world. I'd really love to show kids ways of being that are not, this is the way to go. This is how you march toward a job. And then you need to get an internship during the summer while you're in college. And then you need to go find a bank to go work for or a law Mm -hmm. firm or blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. It's like, we need creative voices. We need people who are thinking empathetically about the world. We need people who are thinking about the planet and we're thinking about global connections and how we heal the world right now. We are in a crazy time living in a world of a lot of potential catastrophe. And I don't mean to be like, oh, the, you know, henny penny, the sky is falling, but there's a lot of really hard stuff going on right now. And our kids are really prepared to look at the world and to go out into the world in a lot of ways. But I think that we need some really different 
ways of looking at problem solving and creating different pathways in the world. So I would say gap year is huge and not just like, oh, find a gap year program and go do one that's been established for 25 years, but create your own. I would, I would encourage gap years during high school. I would encourage traveling during high school. I would do really more interesting things with my kids during the summer that aren't just the usual vacation camp, work, get a job. Both my kids had jobs which I also think is really important and a strong value for them to have. But I just think that we need to get off the track, the single focus of this is the way that you walk through the world, which is the way that we were taught how to walk Mm -hmm. through the world, you know, Mm -hmm. school, college, grad school, job, success, Mm -hmm. money, house, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. We need to be thinking about different ways of being in the on the planet. And I wish that I had, started reinforcing those values with my kids a lot earlier. Mm. Amen, sister. I agree a thousand percent with everything you've said because kids are so different and there isn't just Mm -hmm. one path. Like we force kids into, this is the only path we know. So we force Mm -hmm. every kid on this path Mm -hmm. and it's not the right path for every kid. It's not. And I'm watching it eat up these young humans with anxiety and distress and they don't know how Mm -hmm. to deal with the, with the amount of information that's coming to them all the time. Mm -hmm. And I I think that it's hitting girls and this is completely non-scientific by the way, but I think that it's hitting girls harder and they're stressed out more because they are more empathetic. Typically my boy is really empathetic too. And I think it hits him hard as well. And there are plenty of men out there who young men out there who are empathetic too, but I think carrying the weight of the world adds so much stress. And then you add the super selectivity of colleges and it's like, who cares? cares. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You need an education. Yes. You know, it'd be, it's, it's such a privilege anyway, to be able yeah. to go to college. Yeah. Yeah. Just to be able yep. to go to college. Yep. It's such a huge privilege to spend four years of your adult life studying and not taking care of your family and putting food on the table. Yep. I mean, that's the global majority, right? Yeah. Yep. And we are really, really lucky to be able to send our kids to college. Mm. And so if they can get some kind of taste of that and mm-hmm. some way of fighting the sort of traditional structures that have led us to the path that we're on of, you know, increased global violence and terrorism and all these things mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. we don't want to look at mm-hmm. while we're this mm-hmm. age, yeah. but you're forced to look at it. If we can come up with ways of of being like that, that young people can, can start to vibe into. Mm -hmm. I think that would be, that is the way forward. Yeah. Amazing. I love every single word and agree with everything that you've said because, (laughs) you know, and the research bears it out. Like a lot of what you're saying, there's just a big study around teen mental health and girls are more depressed than boys. There are so many stressors on kids these days, right? Yeah. And you're right. It's not just about the college process. It's like mm-hmm. also, are we living in a Mad Max situation 30 years from now? Right, right. right. What's happening right. in the world, right? It's a lot for kids to, and especially adolescents who are still just trying to figure themselves out, right? Mm-hmm. They're like, most of what they want to be able to think about is, is my outfit cute? And- <laughs> Does my butt look too big? You know, yeah, right. Another thing that really ticks me off, right, is you know these models of what beauty is and whatnot. But you know that's for another podcast. 
<laughs> well, it doesn't. Yeah, it certainly doesn't make things easier, right? No. It is. It's really hard, and the world has changed so much. But the, our model of education and becoming a actualized human hasn't really changed at all. No, right? It's still the straight and narrow path. And I tell kids all the time, you can get off the path. You don't have to be on this path. I mean, and God, God bless it. They can get off the path, right? There's so many more choices available to them now in terms yeah. of their personal experience and their, yeah. their individuation and, and how they identify. Yep. But then, so their personal expression and their sexual orientation, mm -hmm. their all of these things, right? But then we shove them in that sort of creative mode from that creative mode of who do you love? How do you want to express yourself? How do you want to be? individually? How do you want to be perceived? Who do you want to spend time with? And then we shove them into this role that again, you know, is just all about patriarchal structure that has been exist in existence for forever and is ruining our society. And then we say, go. And yeah. it's so conflictual. It yeah. makes no sense. And we need to look at that. And I don't think we're going to change that necessarily through the college counseling. <laughs> but, but I think it's something it's something to really think about for these kids, you know? And it's something that I wish that I had spent more time focused on when my kids were younger. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that we're 100% on the same page because I have had such an untraditional path mm -hmm. to getting yeah. to where I am. And also... Yeah just working with so many teenagers and watching them try to do the traditional path and watching the path fail them. And just, you know, so much of our work, and for me personally, when I'm working with kids, I'm like, this is really life coaching. This is about the life you want for yourself. Yes. Not just about getting into college. It's about what you care about. It's about the problems you're interested in solving. It's about what you value, right? These are the things that you yes. need to be investigating more, not what summer program is going to make me look the most selective or the right. most competitive for right. this highly selective college, right? No, and that's what I love about you, Kathy, is that you've always been like, what do you love? What do you want to do? Who do you want to be as a person? You know, what kind of values do you want to develop? And that, that I think is really important. Those are the, those are the important questions to ask because my kid who is higher on the anxiety scale, she's at college, she, she loves her school. She's working really, really hard and she's learning a ton. She's also stressed out about grades because she's thinking about grad school. And I, you know, I, I'm constantly telling her, give yourself a break. Mm -hmm. There is not one pass. Mm -hmm. She has this really creative mind and mm -hmm. heart and, and I want her to continue to explore that. And you're 19 years old. You do not need to commit yourself to a That's particular right. path right now. Go right. be in the world and feel your feelings and create and sing and you know do mm -hmm. all the things that bring you joy. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to say that and try to undo 19 years of inculcation into this That's linear right. model. That's right. I like to remind my students when they are picking majors and they're when they're applying to college, they're like, oh my God, oh my God, am I, am I, this is a major. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> let me just tell you something. Let me tell you a fun fact. What percentage of college graduates do you think use their undergraduate degree in their first job out of college? Right? Mm -hmm. And they're like, um, 70? I'm like, no, 30. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I would say that the 30% who use it, they're almost all in some kind of science. Yeah. Right. Engineering. Yeah. Like Engineering. my son, he wants to do computer science. 
it's what lights him up and yep. his sister and friends and whatever have told him like, well, why don't you try to get into a better school and tell them that you don't want to do computer science because that's really too, too competitive and, and you'll then, get yeah. into the most selective school. And my son is saying, cause I want to do computer science. And if it <laughs> means that I don't get into Harvard for computer science, yeah. then I guess I won't go to Harvard because yep. I really want to study computer science. And so that's awesome. Yep. Yep. But for the kids who don't want to do, you know, the super technical where you need an undergraduate degree to get your first job, which as you, you know, as you pointed out is a really low percentage, like who cares? You can change. You could change and you, you will change. change. And the yes. vast majority of kids change their majors. Like what you Hopefully. go in with is not what you end up graduating yes. with. And that's part of the exploration process. Yeah. I just My, feel like, yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I think we are pigeonholing kids. Like kids feel the, that they need to decide way earlier than mm -hmm. they have ever needed to. And I partially blame the college admissions process because Absolutely. they're asking questions about that kind of stuff, right? And it's also like, is that developmentally appropriate for a 17 or 18 year old to know about themselves? Like, kind of don't think so. So why don't we no. stop asking that question? And why don't we, why don't we stop giving priority to the kids, you know, who seem to think that they know what they want. I mean, my totally. daughter thought that she wanted to be pre-health and then she's, she's now a poli-sci major. She just declared poli-sci a few weeks ago and a Spanish minor. I mean, didn't have any idea, you know, completely different than, than how she started. Yep. Yep. And it's okay. And it's great. It's so great. Yeah. It's great. Like let us let your kids explore. Let them figure it out. Don't, and especially parents who put pressure on their kids to decide. Oh, That's mm -hmm. so hard. We Meredith and I just did an episode about pressure versus expectation. Mm. Right? What does it mm. look like if you're a high pressure parent or you're a high expectation parent? And what we find with the kids who feel pressured, and it's not just pressure from mom and dad. It's pressure from society. Mm. Yes. Right? The kids they feel pressure. And it's demoralizing. It dims the light, right? Because like, I'm not allowed to, I don't have choice. I have no agency. This is my life. Yeah. If I want X, I have to do these things. And what I'm doing sucks. <laughs> I meet with those kids and I'm like, girl, we need to get your light back. I am I am not about this. Like, I just met with a girl mm -hmm. who's like, I'm taking, I have two math tutors right now because I'm trying to get into the higher level of math next year. And I'm like, mm -hmm. Why? <laughs> well, I think it'll make me a stronger applicant. I'm like, will it? And but is it be, worth it? Right. <laughs> exactly. And oh. you don't even know if it will. Like, no, mm -hmm. don't do that. Right. And you're miserable. If you need two math tutors to get into that class, isn't yeah. that telling you that you don't yeah. belong in that exactly. class? Exactly. But, you know, that's the thing. That's the thing. Right. And so anyways, yeah. that's, the, that's the work yeah. that we're trying to do when we're coaching kids. We're like, come on now. Come I'm on so, now. Um, uh, yeah. yeah. Thank God for you. <laughs> really. And pressure, that's the thing. Like we can, you know, we can tell our kids all day long. We don't care where you go to college. We care that you do your best, that you work hard, that you're happy, that you're engaged, that you do all yeah, these, you that know, you're whatever. A good person. Right. That you're a good person yeah. and that you are nice to your brother, by the way, yeah. and that you're nice to your sister. Yeah. Doesn't always happen, but we can yeah. tell them all these things, but the pressure that they get from their peers and from the broader you culture. know, community and culture right. that they're in. It's the zeitgeist. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's really, really hard to counteract. And so, I mean, as parents, I feel like we have got to do everything we can to counteract that, not to add to it. You know? Exactly. And do it early yeah. and often and model right. it. Right. Please, please, please. Well, <laughs> Margo, where I've kept you on, I mean, this is 
this is going to be an amazing episode and it's going to be a longer episode and you're all going to listen to it because Margot is the shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so there. I think my kids would probably disagree, but, but gosh, that's really no, nice. No, that is totally you. untrue. How dare you? Your kids freaking adore you. Okay. <laughs> and you know what? I freaking adore you. I wish you were my mom. I'm like, ah, oh, Margot's the best. And Margot is hella funny, y'all. In case you can't tell. I mean, her rant was a little serious. That shows you how smart and brilliant this woman is. But she's also so funny and <laughs> so need much to talk fun to you more often, Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to cheerlead for you, Margaret. I'm your. I'm one of your biggest fans, that's for sure. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on this episode. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. I'm thinking happy thoughts for. You know who? Yeah. And he's a wonderful human and he's going to be fine. So, yes, he he's going to college. He's, he's all he's good. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.